Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Let's go! Let's go! Today's Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network, coming to you from the Debbie Johnson Studios. Debbie, of course, is a realtor with Kessinger Real Estate, and she is our real estate agent here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast and also the Logan Media Network. Also grateful for our sponsors at Bet Online. Remember, Bet Online, where the game starts, that's betonline.ag. Well, it was Ole Miss taking care of Georgia Tech over in Atlanta, and let's be honest, it was pure domination. Georgia Tech, a team that is struggling, and uh, Ole Miss did uh, everything that it was supposed to do. And I'll be honest, you know, we heard from Lane Kiffin on Monday's press conference, and, and Lane Kiffin talked about how he would have liked to have had Luke Altmaier in the game to be able to work on his passing game, but, you know, the game was already at hand. He understood that Jeff Collins was kind of, you know, coaching with his back against the wall, so he honestly didn't want to run it up. So we did get a chance to see Luke Altmaier, but look, there's no doubt about it. Jackson Dark's the quarterback. And with the exception of the one interception in which, I mean, Lane Kiffin got up in his grill whenever he threw that interception, uh, it was pretty much a pretty nice day for Jackson Dart. I mean, he, he ran the ball well. We, the first time we've seen him run the ball effectively. He trucked a defender for Georgia Tech. And I don't expect he probably needs to do that again. I think we all saw it, and the Ole Miss fans appreciated it and respected it but probably doesn't need to do that anymore. And then he threw the ball really well. I thought he, he had a couple of throws Saturday that were next level. I mean, a couple of those throws were big-time college football, D1, Power 5 throws. And I think it's uh, Jackson Dart's quarterback going forward. And, and, you know, for Ole Miss, and look, I'm not saying that Ole Miss is going 8-0 or 9-0 before Alabama, but I'll be honest. If you look at where this team is, it's in great position to at least be 7-1 and one heading to Alabama, depending on what happens at Texas A&M. And, you know, I, I know we saw A&M lose to App State. I know we've seen A&M, you know, kind of overcome some things last week against Miami. 
and we'll see what happens down the road. But, you know, I, if you look at it right now, Ole Miss is playing much better than Auburn. Ole Miss is playing better than Vanderbilt. I like Ole Miss's chances against Kentucky. Even though they get Chris Rodriguez back, they've got uh, smoke in the backfield as well. I, I've seen Will Levis. That kickoff's been announced at 11 o'clock. And, and I will say this, you know, before we go any further about that kickoff time. I've heard ESPN talk about this, talk about how important that 11 o'clock lead-in game is from college game day and for Ole Miss fans. Win on Saturday against Troy, uh, Troy, what do you mean Troy? Win on Saturday against Tulsa, and I think there is a shot that Ole Miss hosts college game day. Now, I don't, you know, I, I just think there's a shot. And we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks with the with, with all the teams surrounding that. But but it's an opportunity. ESPN likes to lead into that college game day into a really good game at 11 o'clock. That bodes well. Now, look, I understand everybody likes that 5 o'clock kick, 6 o'clock kick, even 2.30. But that 11 o'clock noon window is an absolute cash cow, and I tweeted that out. It truly is. It, it's been a very good moneymaker for ESPN. And so... I'm not surprised that they, they, they picked that 11 o'clock game. It's absolutely no slight to Ole Miss or Kentucky. I know people have, have pointed out that, you know, they're putting the marquee game of, of Auburn and LSU on at night. That's maybe true, but but I can make an argument that it's not true that, that they've bypassed Ole Miss and Kentucky. It's absolutely going to be a big game, and um, it's a great spot, and a lot of eyeballs are going to be on the game. But right now, I like Ole Miss's chances simply because Ole Miss has yeah, – I understand it's been Troy, it's been Georgia Tech, and it's been Central Arkansas. But Ole Miss and that offensive front has, has kind of had its way against the defenses. And, and, look, I like John Summerall's defense. I thought Troy played well against Appalachian State, losing at the very end. I think Troy has probably been the better team of those three teams, at least defensively. And – you know, I mean, we could sit here and, and argue that Georgia Tech kind of held Clemson at check for at least three quarters, and I get all that. But at the end of the day, I need to see this Ole Miss offense against an SEC team or at least one that that's going to force Ole Miss to throw the football, and nobody has, has done that yet. Ole Miss has had to kind of peel back its running game because it's gotten up so much on its opponent, and that's obviously a good problem to have. But in, on the flip side, Ole Miss has been able to have its way. I don't know that they will – at least I think Kentucky will force Ole Miss to throw the throw the football. And we'll see what Jackson does – Jackson Dart does when Kentucky was going to have a pretty good defense. It's going to force Ole Miss to, to throw the ball. We'll see. Uh, we'll get into the Georgia Tech game. I want to thank our friends over at ESPN for supplying the highlights to the game. And uh, we'll break down all the scoring opportunities. The running backs had their way. Uh, each running back had two touchdowns. I thought it was a good opportunity for uh, Ulysses Bentley to come in late and score a couple of scores. But I think more than anything, it was the Quinshawn Jenkins and the Zach Evans show. Zach Evans made one particular touchdown run to where he, you know, left the Georgia Tech defenders standing still. And, you know, I understand it's Georgia Tech. I understand it's ACC. But I'm excited to see what they can do against an SEC defense. And that's going to start against Kentucky. But not bypassing Tulsa by any stretch. Tulsa is a team that's going to come in here with a high-potent offense, and we'll definitely preview Tulsa later on in the week. 
They're going to present a challenge, but I think what Ole Miss has been able to do defensively against, um, you know, Ole Miss defensively has played really well up until this point, and I expect them to play well this Saturday against Tulsa. We'll preview Tulsa, like I said, later in the week. In the second half of the show, we'll bring you all the highlights from Ole Miss's 42 to nothing win over Georgia Tech. This season's going to be kind of busted up into different segments, and it's going to be kind of, well, if this happens, this can happen. So far, Ole Miss has done exactly what they've needed to do until this point. There have been no landmines so far. Now you're to the point, well, if you can beat Tulsa, you set up this with Kentucky. Now, if you can beat Kentucky, you set up this with, insert Alabama here, insert, insert Vandy, Auburn. So Ole Miss, if they can get by Auburn and Vandy and Tulsa, then you set up a, an opportunity to go to, to Texas A&M. At this point, you're going to have a good season. If you can do what you have to do against A&M, you could have a great season. And then if you do what you're supposed to do at A&M, you come home and beat Alabama, yeah, then you can have a special season. A lot of water to cross before we get to that point. Let's take a look at this Georgia Tech game. We'll be back after this timeout as you listen to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting from the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003. Looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family at KessingerRealEstate.com. And Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. 0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. 
With our largest freshman class, soaring Honors College, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. And welcome back to the Believe It On Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. Oh, by the way, just in case you've forgotten. Brandon Johnson stares in to get the signal from Dunhurst. We're ready to go again. The one-two pitch to the DH on its way. He struck him out on a breaking ball. And the Ole Miss Rebels are your national champions. 4-2 the final score. That clip, of course, brought to you by Learfield Audio and voice of the Rebels, David Kellum. And we await that the season about uh, the chronicling of Ole Miss winning that national championship. So, so just be on the lookout for that. Hopefully that will come over the next couple of weeks. At some point, the Ole Miss baseball team will be recognized either before the game or at halftime of a, of a game upcoming throughout this year. So I know that's something that a lot of Ole Miss fans are excited about finally getting a chance to kind of remember uh, what seemed like just just yesterday that Ole Miss won the national championship in college baseball. What a ride it was. Let's take a look at uh, kind of the, some of the numbers as they're broken down as the Rebels uh, beat Georgia Tech 42 to nothing, kind of breaking everything down. We talked about Jackson Dart at quarterback. The only really negative spot I thought that, that Jackson Dart really did uh, this past Saturday was, of course, that interception right before half. And Lane Kiffin talked to in the press conference about how he had some encouraging words uh, for Jackson Dart. And we, or someone in the media asked him, you know, what did Jackson Dart have to say? And he said, he didn't say anything. He listened to me. And so he got into him pretty good. But other than that, 10 of 16 for 207, had the one pick, and they take the one sack. But I thought more than anything is how well Jackson Dart ran the football. Uh, 10 carries, 40 yards, uh, had a net of 40 because he was sacked. And had a loss of 15 yards, had a long uh, run of, of 20. So a lot better running uh, this past Saturday against Georgia Tech than we've seen Jackson Dart at the quarterback position. Of course, hasn't had to run very much because of how well that running game is. And that running game was absolutely uh, where we thought it would be and, and even more. Zach Evans led the way, 18 carries, 134 yards, and of course had those two touchdowns. The big number, 7.4 yards a carry. 
So Zach Evans, a big, big day. Quinchon Jenkins, 19 carries, 98 yards. Had that 100-yard uh, mark, but lost uh, a couple of yards there at the end of the game, or at least the end of the, the time he was in the game. Still averaged 5.2 yards a carry. Ulysses Bentley, eight carries, 27 yards towards the end of the game. Had also two touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns for Ole Miss before the game was over, and uh, it was a big day running. Uh, for the Rebels. Uh, receiving another big game for Malik Heath. The transfer out of Mississippi State has shown that he can definitely be a, a receiver that can be counted on by Jackson Dart in this Ole Miss offense. Four catches for 78 yards, had a long of 25. Jonathan Mingo, the number one go-to receiver, if you're asking me. Three catches, 74 yards, and honestly just looks like a man uh, among men. He is uh, he's really, really good looking, and he's he's someone that you could definitely see in the league one day. And he's got a great body type and just looks more composed every single game in another big game, three catches for 74 yards. Jordan Watkins, it was nice to see Jordan Watkins step up. I, I made that comment on Twitter, and I didn't mean anything negative by it, but I thought the over-the-shoulder throw going towards the south end of the stadium uh, for I guess it was about 25 yards uh, to Jordan Watkins, two catches for 45 yards. Actually, 38 yards was the was the catch that I was referring to. And it was over the shoulder. It was a great throw by uh, Jackson Dart and an even better catch by Jordan Watkins. And uh, Ole Miss needs that, that, that other receiver to step up. It, it feels like Jonathan Mingo is the guy right now. But Ole Miss needs uh, three and number three and number four to kind of step up. We know Malik, he's kind of taking that step. It'd be good to see Jordan Watkins kind of follow him. Uh, Michael Trick had one catch. J.J. Henry won. And Quay Davis, towards the end of the game, had one catch. So, a big day, uh, a big day uh, for a number of, of Rebels. It was just a big rushing day for Ole Miss. And it was a, a big rushing day for, for I think, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see against Tulsa just how much Lane Kiffin dials up the rushing attack. You know, if it's anything like, Georgia Tech or, or maybe even back towards the Troy game, it's you open it up with the rushing attack, you get a pretty good lead, and then you start kind of throwing it to, you know, kind of get Jackson Dart a little more acclimated to throwing the football. And I think you'll see Jackson Dart improve week to week. And and I think we, we're seeing him really start to blossom. and Just some of the throws that we saw from Jackson Dart this past Saturday. I mean, I thought the the uh, the throw to Jonathan Mingo uh, in the in the in the second quarter was a really good throw. It was when he was being rushed by that Georgia Tech defense, and he threw off his back foot, his back right foot, and it was a really good throw. It was a major league throw. It was a big time throw, and I think we'll see that more and more as he continues to get accustomed to this offense. But I think we'll see. You know, Ole Miss try to get out to a big lead against Tulsa on Saturday and then start kind of throwing the football. And Lane Kiffin said in his Monday press conference, talked about it before the in the first segment, that he would love to have gotten Luke Altmaier in kind of towards the end of the game and throw it a little bit. But he didn't want to run it up on Jeff Collins because he knew Jeff Collins is in a pretty tight spot right now in regards to his job, uh, you know, job standing with Georgia Tech. He knows it's rough. So that's kind of where that is. Looking across the defense, it was A.J. Finley, the senior defensive back, leading this team again. Seven tackles. Otis Reese uh, checks in with five tackles, had the one sack, had the one tackle for loss. 
Uh, you go on down the line, four tackles for Cedric Johnson. Had a big day, had the, uh, the punt block, then recovered the punt. Had the one sack for eight yards. Uh, Austin Keys, linebacker, played well. Four uh, tackles, uh, also had a sack. Uh, it was a big day also for for uh, uh, Isaiah Eiton, uh, credited for a half a sack, and then also credited for a tackle for loss. And then another tackle for loss for Tysheem Johnson, also logged in uh, two catch uh, two tackles. Uh, Demond Clowney uh, had the one sack for a loss of seven and had um, two tackles for loss. Big game for, for, for Demond Clowney. And that's that's a name that Ole Miss fans have heard for quite a while and a, a name that Ole Miss fans really hope uh, can step up down the stretch. Also, uh, a tackle for loss for Marquevious Brown, who had two tackles. A half a tackle for loss for Xavier Harris. Boy, he's a big boy out of Germantown. Ole Miss needs him to be a, a big player across that defensive front. Two ta- two ta- uh Two tackles for Tavius Robinson also had a sack for Ole Miss and a half sack for the George County Mississippi product defensive back M.J. Daniels. Ole Miss was just pretty much all over the field, and um, you know what can you say? It was a big day defensively when you when you don't give up any points. Um, always kind of works out, and uh, this this Ole Miss defense has played incredibly well over the last couple of weeks. Um, not to be you know over overshadowed any. But Fraser Mason, that's how you say his name. I don't know that I'm saying it correctly, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the punter. Had three punts for 111 yards. The average is 37 yards, had a long of 42. Uh, I had one down inside the 20. I thought Fraser did a nice job. And I, I think he doesn't have to be anything special. But if he can just, you know, give Ole Miss a, a decent leg at the, at the punting position, I mean, Ole Miss – for a team that, that never punts, has punted more this year than they ever have. But, you know, it's it's an opportunity to where, you know, he can come in and, and do his best to pin some, some people back, and he looks to be capable enough to do that. I mean, I, I don't know how much Ole Miss is going to be punting when the SEC, you know, games roll around, when the games aren't so decided, so to speak. So um, we'll see uh, going down the stretch there. I thought, you know, what a big, big day by, by Jonathan Cruz. Listen to this number. I don't know if this has happened. You hate to say in the history of the program, but I, I don't know if they've had every single kick that's kicked off going to the end zone. And, you know, maybe I'm, I am maybe missing some people. But seven kicks, and they weren't even close. Seven kickoffs, seven touchbacks by Jonathan Cruz. That's really good. Uh, had the one kick of 51 yards blocked, so – uh, the field goal was no good by uh, Jonathan Cruz, but a, but a big day in the kickoff uh, in the kicking off department. Taking a look at some of the team numbers: thirty-one first downs for this Ole Miss team. It's really good in holding Georgia Tech to only thirteen. Uh, five of those coming by way of the rush, and seven by way of the pass. So it was a big day for Ole Miss uh, defensively, mainly for holding Georgia Tech to only thirteen. First downs, and you look at the, the the number of rushing yards, the net rushing yards. They only allowed fifty three, fifty three net rushing yards. This, and that's against a team that likes to run it. And uh, Ole Miss, a, a really good job defensively, passing only one hundred and sixty one yards for Tech's offense, eighteen of thirty two. And so, and of course, no touchdowns. Really good. Uh, Ole Miss uh, threw it for two hundred thirty one yards, but the big number I said going into the game, if Ole Miss can Rush for 250, they'd be in good shape. Well, they rushed for 316 yards. Average 5.1 yards a carry. 
And it feels like that number could have been about 400 yards by the end of the day. But, you know, like I said, they backed the, they backed the horse down. Kind of uh, took the air out of it and uh, took all the gas out of the gasoline and just, just took their foot off the accelerator. So uh, Ole Miss could have really done a, their number on Georgia Tech. But, look, you know, Georgia Tech's not very good. They're just not. But that, you know, shouldn't take away from what Ole Miss did defensively and offensively. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, Georgia Tech's a bad football team. And, you know, but you have to credit Ole Miss for going out, taking advantage of opportunities, and coming away and playing really, really well. Total yards, Ole Miss ended up with 547 total yards to 214 of Georgia Tech. And that's kind of the tail of the tape. And the Rebels uh, come away with a victory and just, you know, every facet of the game. And we'll take a look at some of the scoring plays as, uh, you know, this Rebel team started very, very quick in the first quarter. Uh, Zach Evans would run in from three yards out. The Jonathan Jonathan Cruz kick would be good. And Ole Miss would take a 7 to nothing lead. You can watch Trigg here in the red zone. Evans grabbed by Thomas, trying to power his way to the goal line. And in, touchdown! What a start in less than a minute and a half for the Rebels. And on fourth down, Cedric Johnson. Yeah, that's Cedric Johnson, the one that plays defensive end. Came through unblocked and blocks the Georgia Tech punt. Sets Ole Miss up in great position. Actually, uh, kind of a running joke. Cedric Johnson, instead of grabbing the ball and scoring a touchdown, nobody was around him except Rebels. Uh, he took a knee, or at least fell to his knee, and then tried to get up. And Lane Kiffin kind of jokingly, uh, you could tell over, the, over on the sideline, you could tell he was kind of jokingly, you know, prying at him a little bit. Well, after the game, you know, we asked about that particular play, and he kind of laughed and said that was just straight athleticism by Cedric Johnson. Blocks the kick, and of course, we know what happens then. David Shanahan, who's already had two punts blocked this year. Both of those were against Clemson. Jordan Watkins is deep. And it gets blocked again. And picked up at the 20-yard line by Cedric Johnson. He was down, though, at the 20. Off the and a disastrous start here for Georgia Tech off the shoot. Just far too easy. We saw that twice against Clemson. And here in the first part of the afternoon, an easy block there for Ole Miss. And this time it was Quinshawn Judkins' opportunity to score. He did so. A seven-yard touchdown run. The kick was good by Cruz. And Ole Miss would take a 14 to nothing lead in only one minute and 49 seconds ticking off the clock. By the way, that previous touchdown drive, one minute, 21 seconds. There's still nine minutes, 51 seconds to go in the first quarter. Rebels leading 14 to nothing. They just ran it on third and long. Will they do it again? Yes, Judkins finds a crease and scores easily. Touchdown, Ole Miss. The Rebels hold Georgia Tech once again, and it's Zach Evans' time. This time, a 26-yard run. If you had a chance to see that run, if you were there in the stadium, you watched on television, I encourage you to go back and watch this replay. This run is incredible. He puts his left foot in the ground, completely pivots, and shoots to the right side of the field, taking the linebackers with him. A great job of the right side of that offensive line opening up holes. I don't know if that was the original hole, uh, but I do know that he found a crease, and he faked out every single person on that defensive uh, front for Georgia Tech. Uh, Time possession of this drive, 1 minute 58 seconds. And with 5.36 to go in the second quarter, Ole Miss has opened up the lead to 21 to nothing. As Evans breaks tackles and scores easily, touchdown Ole Miss. So much about this offensive line, but it's also these running backs 
so talented. Zach Evans hits the hole so hard and the vision to cut back and burst through that hole into the end zone. When Sean Judkins, we've seen his power on display as Ole Miss now over 200 yards on the ground here in this first half, Dave. With the Rebels taking a 21 to nothing lead into the first half, it was Quinchon Judkins scoring from one yard out. The Cruz, yeah, that kick was good again. Eight plays, 63 yards. This time in possession, three minutes, 18 seconds. So it was 8.51 to go in the third quarter. Ole Miss extends its lead to 28 to nothing. Judkins into the end zone for the touchdown. Two touchdowns for Evans and now two for Judkins. And, and Georgia Tech just could not do anything offensively. That's such a credit to Chris Partridge and this Ole Miss defense have been absolutely lights out. Ulysses Bentley would get on on the scoring and score two touchdowns of his own at uh, five minutes and 20 seconds to go in the third quarter. A 15-yard touchdown run. Time possession there, two minutes and 12 seconds. And then the final score of the third quarter, uh, the final play of the third quarter was a touchdown by Bentley, a one-yard run with only two seconds to go. That would close out the scoring, and the final score would be 42 to nothing. And Bentley's in for the touchdown, 41 to nothing. But they had no problem today. They went right down the field in the first minute and a half, scored. A touchdown, and it was on from there. Final, 42 to nothing. Ole Miss over Georgia Tech. And with the win, the Rebels are exactly where they thought we thought they would be, 3-0 and heading into Tulsa. Now you expect the Rebels to get to 4-0. and Then, of course, Kentucky comes calling, and right now I like Ole Miss's chances. That, that, that game's going to be an 11 o'clock game on ESPN. Uh, so then you get Kentucky, then you're talking about Vanderbilt, you're talking about Auburn, Ole Miss is better than both those programs, and then all of a sudden you're talking about going to Texas A&M at 8-0. Then what happens after that? Are you are you 8-1 going into Alabama here in Oxford, or are you 9-0? You have a good season going on right now. It can be great, but if certain things fall your way, this year could be special. And I think Ole Miss fans need to understand that. I mean, this is kind of a new day in Ole Miss. You know, fandom, so to speak. I had a chance to visit with someone that played in the 1980s, talked to them in Atlanta, and they were like, you know, we were happy with six wins, you know, getting to six wins, getting to a bowl game. And I've talked to some fans from that era, some fans from the 90s that kind of tasted success and in 1990, with with the with the uh, the game against Tennessee, the regular season game they played in Memphis, an opportunity for Ole Miss to get to that SEC championship game. Ole Miss has had that opportunity, you know, down the road, a couple of times. It just hasn't been able to do it. Could this be the year to do that? I don't know. I mean, the defense is playing really well. Can Jackson, can Jackson Dart be that quarterback that takes that extra step for Ole Miss fans that can get you to Atlanta? They're in a good position right now as anybody. They're, they're playing really well. They've got an offensive line that, that's kind of come together a little bit down the stretch. I really like, once again, how the schedule's kind of set out. I mean, we knew coming into the season that this would be a opportunity to, to get 
a lot of wins on the front half of the schedule. Well, what it's done is not only allowed Ole Miss, importantly, to get those wins, it's allowed the quarterback, Jason Dart, it's, it's allowed some receivers like Malik Heath. It's allowed uh, receivers like Jonathan Mingo, who was injured a large part of last season, to come in and get a lot of very good reps. It's allowed some transfer running backs like Zach Evans, like Ulysses Bentley, freshman running backs like Quinshawn Judkins, come in and really gel together. It's allowed a defense that's got transfers all over the place with Troy Brown um, at linebacker, Isaiah Eiton, uh, Jared Ivey across that defensive line, J.J. Pegues. They're getting some very valuable experience playing on a defense, getting ready for the stretch run. Could not have set up any better for Ole Miss. And there's another opportunity for them to play a team that they should beat. Although Tulsa, let's, let's you know, Tulsa's going to come in here. They're going to throw it all over the place. And it's going to be a test for this Ole Miss defense. But they should win, you know, pretty handily. It's what I'm going to predict anyway. But it should give Ole Miss a nice test before it plays Kentucky the following week. It's there for the taking, Ole Miss fans. It's absolutely there for the taking. The question is, is what will happen? I mean, there's so many things that can happen down this stretch run. you got to stay healthy. I mean, you got to stay healthy across the board. Ole Miss needs that number three and number four wide receiver to step up. Is that Jordan Watkins? Is that J.J. Henry? Who is who is the three and the four? We know one and two right now, Malik Heath and Jonathan Miko. And I'm not counting Michael Trick. He's, he's kind of his own thing at tight end. I mean, he's going to make his plays. But I'm talking strictly wide receiver. We know the running backs. We know the quarterback now. We know the offensive line is kind of, it's kind of set now. They've kind of got some things settled down with Jaden Williams moving uh, from the tackle spot over to the other tackle and, you know, man- maneuvering some things with, with Eli Acker and, you know, Caleb Warren's kind of settled down a little bit center. So offensive line's good. Defense is still solid. What happens going forward? Another game setting up before the stretch run coming on Saturday. Three o'clock kickoff. Uh, once again, we'll be joining the Sports Zone crew uh, with WJTV and Blake Levine and also uh, partnering up with WREG-TV, uh, both those CBS affiliates. Uh, we'll be partnering up for Sports Zone. We had Mike uh, CD last or two weeks ago, and then we had uh, Samaria Terry on the opening week of uh, – was that Troy? Yeah, it was Troy. And then UCA, we had Mike. So uh, we'll have to see who we've got this week. Um, just come come by and say hello. I mean, we had a – had a nice crowd over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's in between the pavilion and the football field of Vault Hemingway, uh, but it's kind of under the overhang where the ticket office is there at the pavilion. They have kind of a, an area for children to play, and the, the Ole Miss legend, uh, the Letterman Lounge, I should say, where, where the former players come inside and autographs. There's always a nice crowd there gathering and, and having, having a lot of fun. So we expect those crowds to grow as uh, the opponents uh, get a little bit more important, so to speak. So uh, we'll get you the times later on in the week about when we'll be a part of that program. Also going to preview Tulsa uh, coming up in the latter part of the week. So we'll get you a lot of uh, information about the Tulsa and Golden Hurricane and what they're going to be bringing to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium against Ole Miss on Saturday. Once again, thanks, everybody, for subscribing, uh, rating, and reviewing the podcast. Uh, we have have grown really, really well, and it's because of you. It's because you're telling your friends, and um, it's kind of a grassroots effort, and we couldn't do this without your support. So thank you very much, whether you listen on um, Spotify, Apple Play, Apple uh, <laughs> Google Play, Spotify, 
or of course the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, and all that good stuff. So the the Believe Network does a great job of distributing the podcast throughout every platform you could imagine. So uh, thanks very much for for listening to that and uh, telling a friend. We're so grateful uh, coming to you from the studios of the Debbie Johnson of Kessinger Real Estate Studios. Debbie is our real estate agent here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. She can be your real estate agent today. So thank you uh, to Debbie Johnson, and make sure and give her a call in her office at 662-234-5555 or call her cell phone, 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, our real estate agent here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Also thankful for our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events. First to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join can do that today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v 50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your very first deposit bet online where the game starts we appreciate you being part of the show today if you have a question anything you'd like to get to us we're at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com is our email address or shoot us a message on twitter the dms are open at brad logan cot we'll be glad to help thanks again for listening look forward to visiting with you later on the week as we preview the tulsa golden hurricane right here on the believe and Ole miss podcast part of the believe network Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the Vaught to the Pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.